A couple months ago, I was watching Cheer on Netflix. Definitely one of the reasons why I started adult gymnastics. And I noticed that they were sharing that, you know, every new class that comes in, the newbies are always just better than the year before. They can do incredible things. They're incredible athletes. And even as a sport, it's progressed so intensely in the last like few decades and the things that they can do wow like when you're watching it it's incredible and then when i'm trying to do them <laughs> on the mat i'm like okay this is literally impossible and i can't believe that they can do this and so 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 much more i mean my first class i was scared to do a front roll and a back roll so that's where we're starting. And they're doing like tons of flips, front hand swings, back hand swings, cartwheels, jumps, whatever, all those different things. And what I realized was that it's not that our physical bodies are really changing. It's that our mind is expanding and we're able to push the envelope of what we can do with our bodies because of our mindsets and this can be applied to anything involving your body athletics but also to every area of life i know that when i see people younger than me creating businesses creating content whatever it may be i'm always just like wow they are so cool they are so much wiser than when i was 15 18, 22, 26, 20, whatever the age is, feel like they're so much more aware of themselves. And when, when I first discovered Gracie Swain, it was on, I believe it was on Clubhouse. She came into one of my rooms or she was hosting something kind of doing like an Instagram audit. And I was like, sure, why not? It was during the pandemic. It was really nice to connect with people on Clubhouse. And I started following her. I really liked her vibe. And Grace is actually an Ojibwe business and mindset coach. And she is from Swan Lake First Nation, Treaty One Territory. And I don't see a lot of indigenous people in this space of coaching as well as spirituality. So I was really excited to connect with her through social media and then to kind of talk with her a bit more, get to know her better on this podcast episode. And so actually on this episode, it's only one. I haven't broken it up in two parts because the conversation was super fluid. We talked about how she started a coaching business in college, hired her first business coach in 18. My mind was blown. I was like, okay, at 18, I was literally just trying to get good grades and make friends. <laughs> Um, and she's hiring her first business coach. She already started a business. Uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about decolonizing the spiritual space, how she's really incorporated indigenous mindset into her teachings, which is really beautiful. And I was able to also give her a mini Saturn return reading, obviously, because she is not anywhere near, you know, her late 20s. And it was just really fun to kind of see where she is now and where she could potentially be, what challenges she might face, what up-leveling she might experience, you know, in her late 20s. And, you know, we also talked about spiritual practices that really help us grow our business, mindset stuff, especially around money. And because she's a content creator, I asked her, how are you managing all these platforms? You know, 
how do you stay inspired? How do you create all of your content? She also gives advice on how to start a business. So if you are a younger listener, I hope you feel inspired about what she's been able to create. And if you're an older listener, I hope that if you've been kind of like on the fence of starting something that graces confidence, her advice really propels you to take some steps forward. And as always, I'd love to know what you think of this episode. And I can't wait for you to hear all of these like nuggets of wisdom. I love chatting with her. I learned a lot as well. And I love to see more diversity, more inclusivity in this space. I think the more women of color, indigenous women, people who are very different than the the current kind of profile of coaches and also spiritual guides and leaders get into the space, the more that we can heal as a collective and the more people realize that spirituality, spiritual practices is really for everyone. Okay. So let's get started. Hello, Grace. I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast. So everyone who doesn't know, Grace Swain is a business mindset coach. I found her actually through Clubhouse and we've connected off and on through Instagram. I think she's very spectacular, very wise, has wonderful insights about how to grow your business over Instagram and other platforms. And I'm just so delighted to have her on the podcast today. Grace, how are you? I am good. How are you? I am wonderful. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your heritage, how you got into this work. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Grace C. Swain. I am from Swan Lake First Nation, Treaty One Territory, and I'm an Ojibwe business and mindset coach. So my business is called Anishinaabe because in my culture, we refer to ourselves as Anishinaabe. So I named my business Anishinaabe as that little play on words. So for my business, how I really got started was I was always interested in being an entrepreneur. And my whole life, I always told people I want to be a dentist from the age of seven, because growing up, I was told the only way you could make money is if you were a doctor, dentist, or lawyer. And then halfway through my first year of university, I went to university when I was 17 years old. I realized, you know what? I don't want to be a dentist. I'm not really all that interested in science. I actually am more so interested in being an entrepreneur and being my own boss. So I switched completely out of all my courses. I decided to invest in my first business coach, I believe when I was 18, turning 19 years old. And from there, my business really took off. I've invested myself countless times. And now I help like hundreds of women do the same in their own business, just grow through their spirituality, through mindset. And I also am really dedicated to creating inclusive and diverse businesses and decolonizing the spiritual industry as well. Oh my God. I can't believe that you hired your first business coach at age 18, you said? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, At 18, I was really just trying to stay afloat in college and make it (laughs) But you also, you you consider yourself a Gen Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I was in university, it was definitely a strange time for me because everyone else was ready to go into the corporate world. They're just 
so excited to graduate and take that next step. And for me, I felt the exact opposite. I was like, I can't wait to be done school to just go full time in my business. And it was so funny because by the time I was done school, I was like, man, school's holding me back from going all in. Whereas for other people, it's the other way around. They want to be done school to go mm-hmm. on to that next step. And that's so interesting because I do remember like halfway through school, I was like, okay, I just want really real world experience. I did so many internships in college, but I don't even think I knew what a business coach was at that time. Like business coaches and coaches in general are more at the executive level and more for, let's say, athletes. You didn't hear, it wasn't as commonplace as it is now and in the last few years. I think it's just been so much more accessible and I think it's a beautiful thing and it's very important because it's it just helps you grow in leaps and bounds and when you choose the right person, right place, right time. And so that's incredible that you're able to do it at 18. And when you started your business, is it the same business, um, the, the one that you have now or is it something different? No, it was the same one. I originally started out only doing Instagram coaching, but now I've completely branched out to doing pretty much everything now. So before it was only Instagram. Now it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's Facebook. Um, TikTok, I love. I have over 120,000 followers on TikTok, over 4 million likes. So I love talking about that as well. And when things really took off, that's when I really started to broaden the horizons instead of just doing Instagram because in just the last year alone, my social media has grown by 435%. My business grew by 857%. So I decided, you know, I don't want to just limit myself with the Instagram. I also want to just teach spiritual coaches how to grow in every capacity through their mindset, through gaining clients and through different avenues of social media. I love that. That's incredible, the amount of growth that you've experienced. Okay, so before we dive into kind of what your Saturn return will look like, I want to know, let's say, the top three things you've learned from like the very beginning of your business to now. Like, what are those top three learnings? Yeah, so I'm a huge believer in infusing what I like to call indigenous mindset into my teachings. So, what the heck does that even mean? So in indigenous culture, we really believe that we are one. We are all in this cyclical nature. We all need one another. So for me and my business, one of the biggest things that I believed and that I really had to learn is that this is true in the field of business coaching. We're all rooting for every coach because what the work that we are all doing is transformational. We all need one another. So that was one of my biggest things that I learned was we're all one. We all need one another. The other thing that I've learned is to prioritize my spiritual, physical, and mental well-being, as well as the earth that the creator has gifted us. So in my own spiritual practices, this really means smudging, attending ceremonies, grounding, and singing as often as I can. And if I need rest, I rest. So in my culture, whenever I'm tired, and I would tell my grandfather, he would always say, just go and take a rest. Like You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I feel as though, especially in this field of business, we are often taught to just grind, 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 work yourself to the bone. And I believe in working smarter, not harder. So that's kind of the third thing I learned is I don't sacrifice my time for my money. I believe in working smarter, not harder, so that I can spend time with my elders, my family, nature, and myself. Oh, so great. So great. Yes, those are wonderful learnings and also deeply rooted in culture and heritage. And just makes so much sense for really everyone. Okay, so 
Saturn return. Okay, so your Saturn placement is in Taurus, and you'll experience your Saturn return in your late twenties. And what I found to be so interesting about this placement. Is it's also, and I also looked at the specific house. I don't always look at the specific house, but it's your your Saturn is in your second house, and what that means is it's in the house of resources and money. And Saturn is a planet of constriction, of tough love, of hard work, and with the with the planet in Taurus, I get that your Saturn return might experience some difficulties in like money mindset, in holding on to. To wealth and money, but at the same time, like based on what I know about your business, I think you're actually going to go through a pretty smooth transition. It's almost like going to be like up leveling and going from let's say like a car to like a rocket ship. It's just that the stakes are going to be a lot bigger, but the playing field is going to be bigger as well. But usually, when you have a Saturn in Taurus placement, and especially in the second house, it means that there's a lot. Of Of things to deal with in terms of resources, in you know how you make money, and really wanting stability. A lot of clients who come to me for career clarity readings with this type of placement, they have a difficult time leaving a corporate job. They have a difficult time like really branching out and doing something on their own because they constantly want to feel more stable and more safe. And that's something that they deal with,、uh, especially if it's in the second house of money and resources. So I just imagine that you will just be able to grow so much more, and maybe you'll experience some hesitation, some anxieties. But it's really just going to be kind of like a rocket ship <laughs> type of moment for you when you kind of end your Saturn return. It's going to be. Really pushing you into this next stage and next phase of your evolution, and specifically your business. Yes, I love that, and I think it's so true in the sense that I just have so many other things that I want to do. I'm pretty multi passionate, so I could definitely see myself down the road, like wanting to make bigger investment decisions and bigger moves for my business as well. Mm. And so, what were some of the money mindset issues and just general themes that you had to kind of really tackle in the early years of your business and even now? Yeah. So, especially when I first started, I was terrified to ask for money because at the time I was taught that like such a small amount of money was huge. <laughs> so at the time, it, it was kind of like trying to relearn and reteach myself that money is just energy. Like you have to treat a dollar the same that you would treat a million dollars, and that was really hard for me to wrap my head around and get out of that feeling of feeling guilty asking for money and changing that mindset from begging people to come to you from that scarcity mindset to that abundance mindset of. Said, you know what? My offer is transforming other people's lives and helping people quit their nine to five, get their first client, like do all these incredible things. And I think that shift was powerful. But another huge thing that I never even realized I had in the beginning until someone pointed out to me was the fear of obtaining money. And I think this is especially from a colonial standpoint, being indigenous,、mm. of seeing other people with power having money and using it in the wrong way. That for me, I realized subconsciously I was thinking if I have more money, I'm going to become this 
horrible person. And that just is not the case. Um, more money does not make you a bad person. But instead, if you even worry about becoming a bad person, that kind of shows, okay, you're inherently good because bad people don't worry about if they're <laughs> good people. <laughs> I know that's a wonderful way to kind of like sh- um, shift the conversation and be like, oh, if I'm worrying about this, then I actually have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that time and time again. So if anyone's listening and you feel that way, it's a good reassurance. Okay. So then what really helped you get through those really big money hurdles? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things was, I can't remember which coach told me if it was a podcast, but from transitioning from that scarcity mindset to that abundance mindset and realizing, look, if the energy you're putting out, you're going to get back. So if you're afraid to invest in yourself or you're afraid to go out and get your own coach, how do you expect other people to invest in you? And that was huge for me at the time. I was like, whoa, like mind blown moment. And the other part of that too is putting out that abundance energy. Like if you're attracting broke clients or people who are freebie chasers or people who can't afford your services, then maybe look at how you're offering it because a lot of times this will come through in your copy, your messaging, your DM strategy is when you're thinking, oh, you know what? I have to beg these people to hop on a call with you. They can feel that energy. So I think shifting out of that and realizing, okay, I need to act like my highest self. What would the dream version of myself do and how would they treat their business? I needed to start doing that at that time. Yes, I think that's one of the most important things, you know, as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, it's very easy to be in your head and getting into those like infinite thought loops of like, oh my God, can I do this? Is it the right thing? But if you kind of like pull back and really think about, okay, what would I do if I already obtained this goal? What would I do if I already had dream clients? Like that really puts you in the right headspace, truly. Yeah, absolutely. And an exercise I make all of my clients do before we even start working together is just scripting. So having them write down like a year from now, if you have your dream business, if everything of magic fairy was kind of like put a wand over your business, what would it look like? And then I tell them, okay, are you showing up like this person? And oftentimes they're like, no, I'm not. I'm like terrified to ask for the sale. I'm not showing up. I'm acting in a scarcity mindset. And sometimes it takes putting things into that perspective to realize where those mindset blocks are and to identify them. Yes, I think I I love doing that. I do it pretty often. The Mm -hmm. scripting, like future scripting, sometimes it's even like a month in the future. Yes, Um, yes. Yes, and also doing like the year one every so often, but the month ahead is extremely helpful um, to just get right, to get into the right mindset. And that's really all that is. Success Mm -hmm. is really just about mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much power behind intention too. And if you say something out loud, it's 10 times more likely to happen. So I always say if you're future journaling or your future scripting, share it with someone or share it on your TikTok or put it on an Instagram story to help hold yourself accountable as well. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me about your own spiritual practices that you implement in your business. Like what do you do every single day to make sure that you yourself Uh, have the right mindset to serve your clients and also to grow your business? Yeah, absolutely. So in my culture, we have a practice called smudging. If you aren't indigenous, it's referred to as cleansing. And essentially, I use four sacred medicines in my culture, and I like to smudge either on a daily or weekly basis. So it's sweetgrass, sage, tobacco, and cedar. And essentially, when you're smudging, you're 
putting the smoke into your eyes to clear your eyes so that you can see clearly, you're smudging your head so you can think good thoughts, your mouth so you can say good thoughts, and your heart so that you can feel good thoughts. So I do this with all my clients and I also do it with myself to essentially get into that mind space of serving people, feeling cleansed spiritually, physically, and mentally, and also just to give gratitude to myself, the earth, the creator, and to my clients as well. So that's something that has been huge in my spiritual practice and my business and my life is smudging. Another huge thing has been grounding. So getting outside, putting your feet in the earth, if it's the winter, um, going snowshoeing or just going for a walk outside and walking up to trees and feeling their energy. I just saw a TikTok the other day where someone was talking about, you just like feel a tree. You can almost like feel that energy moving through you, but kind of furthering that in our culture, we believe in offering tobacco. So tobacco is like raw tobacco is a medicine in our culture again. So anytime you're taking from the earth or you just want to show appreciation, just laying that tobacco down and saying a prayer in your mind and just thanking the creator and the universe for everything that's happening in your life, everything that's come by your path is also super powerful. So I'll do this on walks or I'll just go outside during the day. But those are spiritual practices that are very close and dear to my culture and to my heart as well. Mm, And do you also practice scripting as well? Yes, absolutely. I love scripting. I think there's so much power and intention. So in my little manifestation journal that I have in the very top, whenever I start a new journal, I always put some money around the top and I write some money affirmations and I write in the journal the intention for it. So I always say everything that's being scripted into this journal, I'm trusting the universe will bring that or something better my way. That's kind of how I prepare the journal, which I have a full video of that on my TikTok if people are interested. But then within the journal itself, I usually like to gratitude journal every day, meditate, write some affirmations, and then future script. How do you make time on all of these platforms? (laughs) Instagram, (laughs) TikTok, do you have YouTube? Yep, I have YouTube too. How do you manage all of this? And also there's with social media, you know, there's a toll on your mental health as well. And how do you manage that? Yeah. So I'm a huge believer in quality over quantity, especially when it comes to the Instagram algorithm. So I normally batch out my content for the month. So I'll sit down and usually when I'm feeling inspired, so usually in the evenings for some reason is when I'm feeling inspired to write, I'll just write out a bunch of drafts posts and my coaches will help me with this too. Like they'll help me come up with content, my zone of genius and create it all. So it's usually all done the month ahead of time. So I'm not having to worry about it or stress about it later on. And it's always an order of priority. So if I know I have a big launch coming up specifically on Instagram, then I'm going to prioritize my Instagram and Facebook for that week versus if I know, okay, I want to start pitching for brand collaborations during the holidays, then I'll give my attention to my TikTok accounts, my YouTube accounts. But normally I'm pretty consistent. I usually upload a YouTube video every week and I kind of have this all drafted out in a checklist on my schedule. But TikTok especially and Instagram, I always take breaks from. So I always say your Instagram, your TikTok is not going to suffer if you take two weeks off or if you give yourself Christmas break off or even months at a time. I've done that before as well. I think it's really important that you don't pour from an empty cup. You take those breaks. Um, That's essentially how I stay on top of it. Let me know if that made sense. 
Oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. But as you know, it's always nice to hear from the creator, <laughs> uh, you know, how they manage things, because it can be a lot, even when you're batching, right? Like there might be something that you kind of want to ride the wave on. You're like, oh, this this is like a like a like something that's trending. I want to make, make something, but then you kind of can get caught up in that cycle as well. Then you're constantly creating content nonstop. <laughs> yeah. And something else that's huge that I tell people to do is make a checklist of things that have to be done within that day. So mine usually has three to five things on it. First off, go through that checklist. Once that's done, then give yourself the day off. Like that's a really great way to have a checklist to not keep yourself working, working, working into all hours of the night. And something else down the line, once you have that income of clients coming in is what on that list can you delegate to a virtual assistant so that you have more time to work on your creative genius as well. And that's something else that I've been doing. I just hired on another virtual assistant. So things are moving a lot faster and smoother as well. Oh, that's so great. That's wonderful to hear. Okay, so I always believe that having a business, creating a business is also a very spiritual experience as well. There's so much that you need to heal. And I know that we had spoken about uh, some money mindset things that you had needed to heal early on in your business. But what do you find yourself needing to heal like as of now or the last few years more recently? Like what things have you needed to work on so that your business can grow? And also kind of what have you seen in terms of changes in your business once you've been able to kind of uh, heal this one part of yourself? Yeah, I love that question. I guess a big one was being okay asking for help, being okay having other people in my business. Because for a long time, I was really pushing away any help. I was like, no, no one can do it the way I can. I have to do every single little thing. And if someone else helps me, people are going to know like my copy won't sound the same or they'll see my practices, like just all these ridiculous beliefs. And in the end, my mom said, okay, you need to start hiring people on because your workload is becoming so much like you're doing your clients a disservice if you're trying to be everywhere all at once. So once I started hiring out a team for my business, I think that helped things immensely because then I was able to expand my product suite. I was able to do that income, stand, income stacking. I was able to focus on other things aside from the one kind of box that I had trapped myself into. So I think that was something. And another thing that's been huge is not fearing being alone because although I am in a relationship, I live with my boyfriend. He works a nine to five every single day. So he's gone at 5.30 in the morning, comes home at six o'clock at night. And I'm home all day by myself in a very large house. And I was in London, Ontario. Now I'm back home in a really small town of only 600 people. So you can guess how many entrepreneurs are 21 years old in the same boat as I am. Not many. So I guess being okay with connecting with people in the social online space who are within that community and bridging out and being open to being in those, you know, kind of business relationships with people who are older and who are at that same stage in your journey and just being okay, being at home by yourself and knowing that, you know, being alone isn't a bad thing. It's a really awesome time for healing and self-development and self-care as well. Mm, and why did you decide to go back home and, and, be in a, a place that is surrounded more in nature? Is it because you wanted to spend more time with your family um, and also, you know, being in nature, being in, being grounded in that way is very important? 
or has it always just been something that you've loved? You know, there are certain people that always love to be in cities. Other people like, no, like I love being in the country. I love spending time in nature. Like what was the story for you? So the biggest thing was COVID actually. So when I was away in university and COVID first hit, a couple of my roommates lived like similar to where I am now. And what ended up happening is as soon as COVID hit, I was going to the University of Western Ontario. It was so bizarre. Our university usually like alerts us if something like that is going to happen. And all of a sudden it was like all the classes were cut. So because we were all so scared, we all just like went home immediately because we didn't want to be trapped in the city where none of our family is, where it's a higher population, high risk of COVID. We wanted to go back to our small communities where there wasn't going to be as many cases, right? So I came home right away. And then what ended up happening is my boyfriend had gotten a place to, and then we decided to just move in together. And with the way that the housing market was, we decided, you know, it's going to make more sense for us to live together in a house than to try and rent out something that's going to be three times the amount of our mortgage. The other part of that too is also being closer to my family. Um, in my culture, we believe that family is everything. And my dad had always told me, you know, family is the meaning of life. So being able to come home and spend time with my mom, my sister, my stepsisters has been really huge for me. And even the property where we are, we have 66 acres of property and that's huge because I don't even have to leave my house if I don't want to. I can literally just go for a walk <laughs> around my backyard. And I think that's huge. Yes. And it's always quiet. It's always beautiful. Yes. It's snowing today and it looks like a winter wonderland here. It's beautiful. Oh, oh it's snowing up there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm in Canada, so it's real snowy right now. Oh yeah. I'm all the way on the other side of North America. Yeah. <laughs> it must be, it must be nice. It's a little cold, but I'm staying warm because we do have a lot of nice heat in our house. So that's good. Mm. Okay. So you've, have you finished school or are you still in school? I am done school now. Okay. So freshly graduated. Yeah. <laughs> and that is so great. I think it's very inspirational for people to hear your story that you can start a business in school and kind of continue on with it. And I think more and more people are doing that as well. And I think it also inspires a lot of people who are currently in their Saturn return or even older that are just like, oh, I really want to you know, start a business, but I don't know like if I can do it and hearing someone um, speak confidently about it, you know, it's not just always about age, but just saying like, you know, these are things I've had to go through and this is where I am now. I think it's very inspirational and I am someone who always believes in working with people, being friends with people of all ages and obviously all backgrounds, but it's very, it's a lot easier to get trapped in a certain age range of like, oh, like I'm really friends with only people my age because of college or like, you know, other types of school or organizations. But I think there's so much to be said about, you know, the wisdom um, and the inspiration, the creativity that can be shared from having friends uh, all ages from, you know, 20s all the way to like 60s and 70s and beyond. Yes. And I, I always say start before you're ready. There's no perfect time. I think right now is the perfect time. And I always say, you know what, that's complete BS. You have to be a certain age. Like you have to be young or you have to be older. I, I get people say all the time, like, oh my gosh, you're so young to be a business coach. But to me, I'm like, oh, I don't even feel like that young. Like, so <laughs> just start when you're ready, when it's your time. Yeah. I mean, I think you give great advice. I remember the clubhouse 
room that I joined. I thought that your insights were very smart. Honestly, I didn't even know your age until you know I had to look up like your Saturn return. I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's really young, but I love everything that she does. I think she's brilliant. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. Okay, so what other tips do you have for people who are really looking to start a business or a side hustle? Yes. So, oh man, where do I start? So again, I always say start before you're ready. So if you're someone who falls into that fear of perfectionism or imposter syndrome, like, I mean, the quickest way to get over is just to go in and just start. So for me personally, I remember when I invested in my first coach and I offered my first program, like, I was so scared. I had only like 3,000 Instagram followers and I was teaching other people how to use Instagram and I was terrified. I was like, how am I going to get a client? No one's going to sign up with me. And sure enough, I got clients. I got those testimonials and that really leveraged me to bring me to where I am today. So I always say, don't let that fear hold you back. It always seems impossible until it's done, but just go out there and stick to it and do it. Yeah. It's just continuing, always trying to do something new. If something doesn't work out, then you kind of pivot, try something else. But I think what happens oftentimes is like you give up too soon and you give up too easily. Like any, any signs of like, Oh, this isn't working out or, you know, some bad feedback. We are not getting the response that you want. People are like, Oh, okay. I'm going to stop. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the biggest thing, like probably the number one thing I hear on sales calls with coaches or people who have that service-based industry is they say, Oh, I don't know like how to bridge that gap. I'm just not bringing in consistent clients. And Oftentimes they think it's like a mindset block, which sometimes it is, or they're like, you know, I've been trying this and that it's not working. And it all comes down to consistency and being really intentional about what you're doing in your business, right? So are you actually tracking, hey, this post generated this many sales calls or had this much engagement or this email generated these leads or just keeping on top of that tracking and you'll learn to find that, oh, you know what, maybe I'm just giving up too soon. I'm putting my attention in the wrong spots. And if I use maybe this post at this time more frequently, I'm going to get more clients. So I think it's important to pay attention to those practices in your business as well so that you can save more time in your business and not be kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to people who are looking just to start a business, but they aren't spiritual or they're like, mm, like, I'm not starting a wellness business or a spiritual business. Like, how can these practices help me? Yeah, for sure. So I always say that, like the law of attraction is happening, whether we realize it or not. So when you look at your business and if you're a business coach, whatever you're doing, I would say pay attention to the energy you're putting into your business and the energy you put out when you're creating content, when you're looking for clients, because if you are putting out a lot of lack or I always say like attracts like. So if you look at your copy and you're talking a lot about the struggle or pain points, which is fine, but if you're really always focusing on the negatives and helping people and the lack, then that's what you're going to attract versus if you focus on you know, the positives and the result that you want to help people get and that result-driven content, you're going to attract people who are ready to invest, people who are already in that mind state. So I think that's one of the several examples of how you can use that energy in your business. Absolutely. I think there's so much power behind intention and also the energy you put behind something. It's something that I remind myself constantly because sometimes I forget, you know, you get into the cycle of like creating and, and sending the same emails or you're like, oh, I need to take a step back and be like, okay, what type of energy am I sharing? 
can I be more intentional? Because really that perspective really shifts everything. Like you said before, the language, the examples, the words, like people can really feel it when you are coming from a place of excitement or coming from a place of like stress or anxiety for sure. And they may not even, you know, consciously recognize it, but subconsciously they do. I think that's what makes certain brands, certain products and services more magnetic than others and, and certain products and services that a person launches or a company launches like more interesting to people. Yes, absolutely. And it was so funny because as I was saying that it was 444 and I think that's also like a sign in itself, but yeah, you're so right in saying that. Mm, Okay. So if people want to find you on TikTok, on Instagram, or would love to work with you as their business and mindset coach, how will they find you? Yes. So my social media handle is the same across all platforms. So it's at Grace C. Swain. So my middle name is Catherine. So keep in mind that it's not Gracie with an I-E, it's Gracie with just the C. So to clarify, G-R-A-C-E-C-S-W-A-I-N. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I also have a Facebook group, Successful Spiritual Female Coaches, that you can also join if you're interested. And I am offering Instagram audits for this month only. So if you're interested in one of those, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I would love to help you out and get started. Oh, so generous. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see how things unfold. And you'll have to let me know how your Saturn return goes. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on in your space and for providing all of your insights. It's been incredible. For me, spirituality means a connection to myself, my higher self, as well as the universe. It's understanding that you are not alone and to really trust in divine timing and something that I've been saying a lot to myself recently and it's also the screensaver on my laptop is that what you seek is seeking you as well now we all are energetic beings and our mood shifts from day to day but this mood also dictates how you feel the thoughts swirling around in your head your actions and what you're able to attract in your life and when i got into this space but when i became a more spiritual person i truly began to understand what energy meant and how I was showing up in the world and the energy that I was sharing with others. And so I hope this episode really expands your thinking on spirituality and having this trust in yourself and the universe can really transform your life, allowing you to feel more peace, allowing you to feel more clarity, and most importantly, allowing yourself to connect with the truest version of you, your most authentic self and then how it allows you to live an aligned life. If you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed because you're early in your spiritual awakening or you're going through a dark night of the soul or you've kind of been exploring spirituality for a while but haven't really been able to incorporate it into your daily routine or have a daily ritual around it, I would love to be able to support you, whether it's through a career clarity reading or working with me one-on-one for three months or six months to help you figure out your purpose, to give you all the tools and foundation to really help you live a aligned life where you feel happy, waking up, doing what you do, loving what you do. And you can find how to connect with me in the show notes, or you can always reach me on my number, 
like to call it my hotline, <laughs> 202-918-3414. So 202-918-3414.